You are Locked On Giants, your daily podcast on the New York Giants, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, New York Giants fans, and welcome to another edition of Locked On Giants. I'm Ed Valentine, along with co-host Pat Trana. And, Patty, how are you on this, on this fine Tuesday morning? Uh, I'm good, Ed. Yesterday was a very busy day for the Giants. Um, hopefully today is going to be a little quieter, give me a chance to get caught up on all these transactions as I'm plugging them into Inside Football and writing them up for various other publications and whatnot. But uh, just hanging in, getting ready for another Nor'easter to hit the area, and, you know, anxiously watching all the pro days that are coming up. You know, I jokingly wrote last night at Big Blue View that uh, you know, 67-year-old Dave Gettleman is is absolutely wearing out 57-year-old Ed Valentine. I don't know. I just I I I, I needed a rest last night, and it's like, come on, Dave, give me some time. Give me a rest here. You, know? you got to make time but, for yourself, man. I made time for I myself know, last I night. Know. I went back. I went to a yoga class. I, I I got that in. I slept like a baby, and I'm feeling energized, refreshed, and ready to roll. Oh, good for you. Good for you, Patty. And let's today, let's spend today talking about one specific NFL draft topic. And I think it's timely as we record. It's it's Tuesday morning. It's around ten o'clock. And the Penn State Pro Day is today. In fact, I believe it's ongoing as we speak. And that, of course, uh, leads us to the Saquon Barkley discussion, which at Big Blue View we've been having that quite a bit, you know, in recent days, you know, as to whether or not if Cleveland doesn't take Barkley at number one, which which I don't think they're going to do, you know whether or not you take Saquon Barkley at at number two. Um, just some initial some initial thoughts, you know, from you on Barkley, Patty. Oh, he's an amazing, amazing talent. I mean, I watching his film, you sit there and you watch what he does, and you're like, oh my goodness. It, I mean. Saquon Barkley to me is probably a once in a generation type of talent. You know, um, I've seen comparisons made to Adrian Peterson, um, you know, to Emmett Smith. I mean, there are people out there that think that this kid has the potential to be a Hall of Fame running back. Um, <clears throat> with that said, running backs, you know, you, you look at the Giants. And there's no question they need an upgrade in their running their running game. You know, they signed Jonathan Stewart, but he's not the long-term answer. But, you know, you look at Saquon Barkley. He is probably a guy who you can build a running game around. So if you're going to be one of these teams where you um, – you believe in a running back by committee, which, by the way, is an approach that I've never been a fan of. I, I kind of like having a work, you know, a bell ha- a bell cow. But um, if you have a running back by committee, probably not the guy you want to take, especially if you're sitting at number two. <clears throat> now I know that sounds crazy, and people are going to say, "What are you talking about? He's worth it. Grab it." But I have to believe that if you're sitting in the top three or four draft picks. 
uh, or top three, sorry, you probably want to do a quarterback or, you know, um, a left tackle or defensive end and wait until later on, you know, in that first round before you start to see a running back go. For me, Patty, it's it's interesting. You know, I I have for years done a thing at Big Blue View called the Big Blue Rules for Draft Success, and one of those is is not to take a running back in the first round. And and maybe you know, over the years, as we look at you know the success of some of these running backs like Leonard Fournette and Ezekiel Elliott, and and last year Todd Gurley. You know, maybe that stance softens a little bit. You know, what I always say is if you're going to take that running back, he better be a superstar. He better be Adrian Peterson. He better be a performer, you know, on on the level of, of Ezekiel Elliott or one of the, you know, one of the absolute best backs in the game, you know, at this point in time would be, you know, Le'Veon Bell. He better be, you know, one of those guys. Um, you know, my issue with taking Saquon Barkley at number two has nothing to do with his ability. As as you said, you know, he's a terrific talent. No one can guarantee, uh, you know, that, that the guy is going to be you know, a great NFL player, a Hall of Fame NFL player. You know, we see the skill set, and, and you hope that he stays healthy, and you hope it translates my issue is, is, and I think I wrote this at Big Blue View this morning, he may be the best player, but is he the best value? Is he the best way that the Giants can use that number two pick? And I look at, you know, two separate options. I look at quarterback is more valuable than running back for me. And... Um, the other option, which you know we've talked about before and everyone talks about, is is to take that number two pick and to trade down, uh, you know, get you know a mega haul of draft picks and, and and use your your roster that way. Let's talk about let's talk about the quarterbacks first and foremost. I don't know how far you've gone so far in your study, you know, of of quarterbacks, you know, but for you. You know, for you, is there a guy at number two, you know, a quarterback that you would bang the table for at this point? At number two, no. No. There's there's nobody in that class that makes me say, oh, my God, they got to get him. And if they don't, I'm going to throw the remote, you know. Um, there are guys I think are top ten worthy. Um, I'm sure, you know, teams are going to take a quarterback within the top, you know, the top three picks. I, I know the Jets traded up. Uh, to to cleave with um I'm sorry with the Colts and they certainly didn't trade up to to grab a, a I don't think a running back or a linebacker or a tackle um, you got to think they're going to take a quarterback there but um, to me nobody's really jumping out and and I know you can say that every quarterback class the members have their warts that's true of any year but I go back to t- 2004. And, and the hype leading up to that class, because that was the class you had Manning, you had Rivers, you had Roethlisberger, 
And, okay, people say, well, social media wasn't around then. But, yeah, draft analysts were and the Internet were, was. And you could, you know, keep up with all that stuff. And I don't remember, you know, there being quite as much um, as far as the questions about those members, that class, as there is with this class. So it just seemed to me like that 2004 class was a little bit more of a sure thing. And it, of course, turned out that way, given, you know, the, the success that Manning, Roethlisberger, and uh, Rivers have had. Um, with this class, I, I just, it, it's like, depending on who you read, they're either Hall of Famers in this class, or there's guys that are high-risk, high-reward types. You know, for me, Patty, I think the, the one guy that I think I would bang the table for at number two if he was there when it comes to the quarterback class, you know, I've, is, for me, is Sam Darnold. And I think part of the reason for me, you know, I, I get the turnovers. I get, I get, you know, the fact that he didn't have a fantastic senior year. But he's a 20-year-old kid, and I think that when you look at it, he's 20. There's a lot of, of development. There's a lot of room for growth. You talk to people about him, and they talk about the it factor. They talk about you know, his, his ability to win games at the end and just the, the personality that he has. You know, there's no sure thing, Patty. You know, but, I, but I think for me, if Darnold was there, I think he might be the quarterback in this class that that I would bang the table for. Um, Unfortunately, from the Giants' perspective, if you're a Darnold fan, you know, it it seems like, although we don't know for sure, it seems like there's a lot of indications that the Browns like Darnold as well. Although, who knows? There's so much smoke out there. But for me, if the quarterback that that I don't want or that – if the quarterback that I really, really want isn't there, then for me, the most value at number two is to trade down. Um, and, Patty, before we fully discuss the idea of, of trading down, let's take a second and get in a word from our sponsor, uh, the Markowitz Law Firm. If you or a loved one lived, worked, or visited Lower Manhattan in the months after the 9-11 attacks and have been diagnosed with cancer, federal benefits and health care may be available. Attorney Eddie Markowitz has helped many families recover substantial benefits from the September 11 Victims' Compensation Fund. The James Zadroga Health and Compensation Act has been extended, but time is limited. Attorney Markowitz is proud to serve as counsel to the Zadroga family. Let him help you, too. These benefits are not just for rescue workers, but for anyone who qualifies. The fund covers many cancers, including prostate, skin, lung, and breast. Please call 1-833-LAW-HELP. That's 1-833-LAW-HELP to see if you qualify. All right, Patty, so let's let's get back to our discussion of the number two pick. And we talked about, you know, Saquon Barkley, and we recognize his talent. We've talked about the quarterbacks in this class a little bit. I think that you and I kind of agree, 
that that trading down if the quarterback that you that if let's say if the quarterback of your dreams isn't there, um, that trading down would be the best idea at this point. Um, your thoughts on the trade down scenario? Okay, first first off, I just want to throw out one last um, point about Saquon Barkley in the number two pick. I went back and I did some. I looked at the past draft histories. The last time a running back went within the first three picks was in 2012. Trent Richardson selected by the Browns. We know how that worked out. Remember Trent Richardson coming out of college? You know everybody was banging the drum for him. Oh, he was the sure thing, and unfortunately he didn't work out. So. I, I was curious to see because I, I remembered for Leonard Fournette was taken fourth. I think Ezekiel Elliott was taken fifth. So I, I wanted to see what teams did in the first three rounds. But to answer your question about trading down, first off, I agree with you. If there's a quarterback, if you said to me, pick one of the quarterbacks that you would like to see on the Giants, I would go with Sam Darnold. Because, you know, you've got Eli Manning for at least another year, possibly two years. Perfect opportunity for Darnold to sit and learn um, if, if that would to be the case. You know, if you remember, Eli Manning actually sat and learned for half a season behind, I believe it was Kurt Warner. So not necessarily a bad scenario if you want to go there and if you are convinced that Davis Webb is not your answer. Now, if Darnold is not there or if the Giants obviously don't feel strong enough about the quarterbacks, I have been banging the drum for them to stray down. I wouldn't necessarily go out of the top 10 if I could help it, but I would consider trading down because the way I see it, the Giants had a big free agency haul this year. They, uh, they, they have picked up more guys than they have lost so far, which means next year they probably are not going to get compensatory picks. They're going to have the extra, I think, seventh-round pick from the Alec Ogletree trade, but that's about it. So if I'm the Giants, I want to accumulate extra picks so that if I want to move around in a few drafts or if there's a player out there that maybe I want to acquire, I want some room to move around. Because right now the Giants only have, what, five draft picks? So right. I want to have that flexibility because – you can make the argument that the Giants address a good number of their needs. They add it to the linebacker spot. They add it to offensive line. But if you look at the contracts, and this is something I've done for Big Blue View, if you look at the contracts, a lot, of, you know, a good number of these contracts are maybe in reality two and three year contracts, which means that you're potentially looking at turnover again in a couple of years. So. I want the if it's me, I want the draft picks. I want to be able to develop guys if I can. Um, you know, draft picks are going to be a lot cheaper than than veterans, and it, it it's just a no brainer for for me to to just you know make that trade and trade down. I agree with with that idea, Patty. And, and what I've said when you is you have to look at what some of these teams who have traded down have been able to get. You know, the Jets moved up three spots from six to three and gave up three second-round picks. And that actually, when I look at it, is actually a little bit on the light side in terms of what, they, you know, what teams have given up. 
when you go back to 2016 and you look at the Carson Wentz and the, the Jared Goff trades, you know, that the, the Eagles and the Rams made, they both gave up roughly a half a dozen draft picks in the first three rounds to move up and get that quarterback. So the teams that are moving down, and when you look at the Giants' situation, as good as Saquon Barkley might be, he's still one player. He's a running back, and yes, he can also catch passes, and he can also you know, re- return kickoffs, uh, but he is one player. You know, and if he pans out, he'll be one, you know, very, very good player. But for me, the value of of getting, you know, potentially five or six very good players in the top half of the draft, it, you know, and if you if you use those draft picks well, you're probably going to get, you know, four to five league average to very good, you know, league average to better than league average starting football players. And and the NFL is not about one guy. It's not about, you know, one guy winning everything. It's a 53-man roster. And, And for me, the value of four or five good players over one, you know, hopefully great player is something that that would be hard for me to pass up. I agree with you. I was just going to say, you look at what the Giants have now. Okay, They have Odell Beckham Jr., who is a once-in-a-generation type of talent. And, you know, Pat Shermer has already said, you know, look, you'd be, you'd be foolish not to get the, get the ball in his hands. You have Evan Ingram, who's a, a, you know, a very promising tight end. He had a great rookie season. Um, the sky's the limit for him. Now you add a Saquon Barkley. And again, I'm not saying that he wouldn't be worth adding, but there are only so many balls to go around. So now you're you're kind of um, diffusing your your to me you're diffusing your your uh, your use of targets, if you will, because you figure you want to get the ball in Barkley's hands, you know, 20 times a game. You want to get at least 10 passes now to Odell. You want to get at least I don't know five to seven passes to, to Ingram. That doesn't leave much room for anybody else, you know. You know, it's just it's a balancing act, and and the problem that the Giants have had in the past is when teams know what you're going to do, and and how many times did we see it? They, you know, the teams knew that the Giants were going to throw to Odell on those crossing patterns, on those slants, and what did they do? They sat on those routes, and those routes were were you know sometimes they were successful, but probably not as often as they should be. So. For me, I agree with you. I think the value is there if you can get several good players as opposed to one, you know, potential um, guy who can who can be become your offense. It's it, it's a balancing act, you know. It's there's a saying that there's there's too much there's a such thing as too much of a good thing, and I know that sounds weird considering that this is a team that's coming off a three and thirteen record that didn't really, you know, give its fan base a lot to cheer about. But you can't get into the trap where you now rely on one or two players in your offense and then, God forbid, they suffer a season-ending injury, and now what are you left with? You're left with, you know, 
several mediocre guys to guys who shouldn't even be on the roster trying to replace them. That sounds familiar, Patty. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, yeah, anyway, Patty, I think that uh, it's going to be really, really interesting to see how Dave Gettleman approaches this. I, to be honest with you, I wouldn't want to be Gettleman in this situation because, as he has said, you know, he has to get this right. He knows it. There's a ton of pressure uh, because no matter what the Giants do, uh, you know, hopefully they're not going to have the number two pick for a very long time again. And, you know, it, it, it's a weird sort of twist of fate, too, that that the Jets sit right behind the Giants at number three. So no matter what happens in this New York media market, this draft and the success or failure of both the Giants and the Jets in this draft is going to be a talking point for the media for, for, for years and years to come. It's going to be very interesting. You know, it, it, it's, 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 it, it's unfortunate that it had to come about through losing, but it's certainly an exciting time if you're a Jets or a Giants fan. Um, but you're right. You don't want to be at the top of the draft every year. That That's not a good thing. Um, and, and the pressure is on to get it right. I mean, and I think, you know, with Dave Gettleman, you know, is he going to make every decision, you know, be the right one? Not necessarily, but, you know, at least with him, you know that, that he's going to do the due diligence, that he's going to cover all his bases, that he's going to listen to the coaches, what they want, how they feel about things. And it's not going to be, you know, you know, I said what I say goes, and the rest of you can hit the road if you don't like it. It's going to be a joint effort, and it has to be a collaborative effort because, you know, I don't know about you, Ed, but how often did you and I talk about um, in the previous regimes that there were, there might have been a disconnect between the you know the the previous coaching staffs and and you know the previous front office. I mean, we, we we've talked about that before, and I just get the impression now that that disconnect that might have been there. If, if indeed it had been there, is now gone because Gettleman is willing to listen to what his coaches want as opposed to saying, well, I did the scouting work and this is what I want and th this is what you guys are going to get and make it work. You know, Patty, another reason for me when I think about trading down, you know, we talk about getting it right, and another reason for trading down is more swings at the plate, basically, you know, the the more the more picks that you have, you're going to get one wrong every so often. You're going to miss on guys. Things are going to happen. The more swings you take at the plate, you know, the better your chances of of hitting on guys are. So we'll see what happens. It certainly is interesting. It certainly is a uh, you know a topic when it comes to the number two pick. It's a topic people get emotional about. It's sort of like politics. People are kind of dug in on their opinions, and and, and you know no one's going to change their minds at this point. You know, but but what, what you and I think, what the fan base thinks, what what anybody else thinks doesn't really matter in the end. What matters is you know come the the end of April. What matters is what Dave Gettleman and Pat Shermer and John Mara think, and, and we'll just have to wait and find out. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I mean, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. The uh, bulk of free agency is over right now. I think they're going to just fill out with with a, uh, a, a 
you know, a bargain bin signing here and there. But uh, all eyes are going to start turning towards the draft, and I know we'll be talking about it and and uh, watching this whole unfold as we get lead up to uh, next month. With that said, Giants fans, I think we'll call it a show for today. Just a quick reminder, uh, you can check Patty's work at Inside Football and at The Athletic, and, and you can find Patty at Patricia underscore Trina on Twitter. You can find my work at Big Blue View and at Big Blue View on Twitter. So, uh, you know, please check out our work in those places, and we'll talk to you again soon. Bye-bye now.